Hello, welcome to the BT360 podcast, What's Up in Business Travel, a weekly podcast where we update you on what's up this week in the world of business travel. This podcast is great for those who need to know what's happening all in less than 15 minutes. My name is Ash. Let's get started. It is Monday, September 26th, and we have completed week 38 of 2022. As a reminder, we have released our August 2022 Insights Report, The Numbers Tell the Story. This is a recap of how the travel industry performed last month. This report is not an opinion piece, but is based only on the facts through numbers released by the Airline Reporting Corporation. We look at their data and we provide the analysis to you in a simple and easy to understand manner. You can access this report by visiting businesstravel360.com. Now, let's get to the headlines. Despite the percentage of domestic air flights being canceled decreasing in July from June, the number of consumer complaints have increased according to the U.S. Department of Transportation. About 2% of domestic flights operating in July by the 10 network airlines were canceled, an improvement over June's cancellation rate of 3% according to the DOT. There were nearly 600,000 domestic flights operating in July of 2022, about 87% of the approximately 703,000 flights operating in July 2019, and a slight increase over the 605,000 flights operating in June 2022. The airlines with the lowest number of canceled flights in July include Hawaiian Airlines at just 0.1%, Spirit Airlines at 0.4%, and Alaska Airlines at 0.4%. The airlines with the highest rates of canceled flights were American Airlines at 2.5%, United at 2%, and JetBlue at 1.8%. The Securities and Exchange Commission said that Boeing has agreed to paying a $200 million penalty to settle charges that it failed to disclose to investors problems with the company's 737 MAX airplane that resulted in two deadly crashes between 2018 and 2019. The company's former CEO, Dennis Mullenberg, has also agreed to pay a separate $1 million fine. Boeing and Mullenberg purposefully withheld information about the airplane's flight control functions from investors on numerous occasions, the SEC investigation has found. In 2018, the 737 MAX aircraft operated by Lion Air crashed in Indonesia. At the time, the SEC said Mullenberg was aware of safety issues but suggested to investors and the public that the crash was a result of errors made by the pilot and poor aircraft maintenance by approving a company press release that withheld information that pointed to safety problems with the airline. All 189 people aboard the Lion Air flight died. For years, three airports have fallen under the airport codes for New York City, but in recent weeks that will change. From October 3rd, Newark Liberty International Airport will no longer be considered a New York City airport by IATA. Until now, all three airports have been unified under one IATA city code. Since Newark will no longer be considered a New York City airport by IATA, airlines will not be required to give the passengers options to and from the other two New York City airports. Currently, many airlines offer passengers the option to change flights within a city code without a penalty. Some U.S. airlines will also rebook passengers within a 100-mile radius of their origin or destination if their trip has been interrupted. The recovery of business travel during 2022 has happened more quickly than most travel buyers had expected at the start of the year. A survey of North American and European travel and procurement specialists published by corporate travel technology firm HRS and GBTA, found that 54% had seen their travel accelerate either more quickly or much more quickly this year than they had anticipated back in January. 
The poll also illustrated how the return to travel from the depths of the COVID-19 pandemic has not been so smooth due to the level of transportation disruption this summer, with 77% of buyers spending more time troubleshooting issues faced by their travelers. Nearly 40% of buyers said their company was now hiring more remote workers than pre-pandemic. The majority, 80%, added that this remote working policy boosted employee morale, and 72% said it also helped with talent recruitment. Now in news relating to changes in travel due to the pandemic. Canada's federal government is likely to drop its COVID-19 vaccine requirement for people entering Canada at the end of the month. The source that was not authorized to speak on record said that the Prime Minister was likely to drop the vaccination requirement on September 30th. Canada will also drop random coronavirus testing on the same day and make it optional to use its ArriveCan app, where travelers have been required to upload their proof of vaccination. Hong Kong will no longer require travelers to undergo three days of mandatory hotel quarantine upon arrival, lifting the burden to international travelers to Hong Kong for the first time since 2020. The new rules that were announced will start taking effect on September 26th. On that date, travelers will only have to undergo three days of self-monitoring post-arrival, along with an antigen test 24 hours before they board. The self-monitoring period will include being assigned an amber color code under the city's digital health code, which limits movement. Those self-monitoring will not be allowed in high-risk premises, including bars and restaurants. For the first time in nearly two and a half years, Japan is opening its borders to foreigners without heavy COVID restrictions. Starting October 11th, individual international travelers will be able to enter Japan without being part of a tour group. Japan is ending its international daily arrivals cap and will reinstate visa waivers. The daily visitor cap is currently at 50,000 and had been as low as 20,000 just a few weeks ago. The changes are expected to boost Japan's struggling tourism industry, which has been held back by strict entry rules, including a near-full ban on new entries by foreigners that imposed in 2021. Two thousand and twenty two will be filled with news of mergers and new partnerships. Voyager Space has tapped Hilton as the official hotel partner for its planned Starlab free flying commercial space station. With the partnership, Hilton would support and design the development of crew suites aboard Starlab, helping to reimagine the human experience in space, making extended stays more comfortable, the hotel chain said in a release. Voyager and Hilton will partner on architecture and design, leveraging Hilton's creative design and innovative experts to develop space hospitality crew headquarters aboard Starlab, including communal areas, hospitality suites, and sleeping arrangements for the astronauts. The teams will also explore longer-term efforts, such as the ground-to-space astronaut experience. Clear is entering the hotel segment through a partnership with Texas-based hospitality startup Verdi. With the partnership, Clear will integrate its secure identity platform into Verdi's suite of solutions to enable self-booking check-in for travelers. When checking in, existing Clear members can verify their identity by presenting a photo of themselves at the hotel kiosk, while non-members can enroll for free with a few steps. Verdi's technology powers the kiosks as well as mobile apps, including the Verdi app and the branded client apps, where guests can process payment, customize their stay, receive a mobile and physical key without stopping at the front desk. Founded in 2010, Clear counts for more than 13 million members and hundreds of partners around the world, including airports and stadiums. And now in news relating to the return to travel. Air New Zealand celebrated the launch of its new nonstop service between Auckland, New Zealand and New York. 
The service, which clocks in at 17 and a half hours long, is the first non-stop flight between the two cities, a significant milestone for Air New Zealand. Starting on Monday, Air New Zealand will fly the service three times weekly, leaving Auckland on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. With the addition, the airline now serves six North American destinations, Honolulu, Houston, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Vancouver, in addition to New York. It will soon become seven as Air New Zealand will start flying to Chicago at the end of October. The new $3 billion Terminal A at Newark International Airport will open in November. Terminal A is the latest in a series of multi-billion dollar upgrades to the city's three main airports, JFK, LaGuardia, and Newark. Earlier in September, construction began on the new $9.5 billion Terminal 1 at JFK, and in June, Delta Airlines opened the second phase, a terminal building and one concourse on its nearly $4 billion Terminal C redevelopment at LaGuardia. Terminal A at Newark opens almost on time, something nearly unheard of when it comes to major infrastructure projects in New York City area. The new terminal replaces the existing Terminal A at Newark that dates to 1973, which will be demolished. The DOT has given American Airlines and JetBlue authorization to add flights between South Florida and Havana. The decision allows American to increase its Miami Havana service from 6 to 8 daily on Sundays through Fridays and from 6 to 7 daily on Saturdays. JetBlue can now operate two Fort Lauderdale Havana flights on Saturday. The airline already flies from Fort Lauderdale to Havana three times on Sunday through Fridays. Hyatt plans to open 20 new hotels in Latin America and the Caribbean region through 2024. The expansion will be focused on the group's luxury, lifestyle, and resort brands owing to the leisure travel demand. Highlighted openings include the first Park Hyatt Hotel in Mexico in 2024 and the first Andaz Hotel in Mexico City this autumn. The hotel group also announced that it expects a nearly 20% expansion of its recently launched inclusive collection by the end of 2024, owing to its acquisition of the Apple Leisure Group. This equates to 10 new resorts in the region in the next two years. And now in some technology news. Canadian Jetlines, the all-new, all-Canadian airline that will officially launch this week, announced on Monday that it has a new worldwide distribution agreement with Sabre. The agreement, which Canada Jetlines says is a long-term deal, will get the airline's flights into the Sabre GDS, including its ancillary products, fares, and seat availability. This partnership aligns with our projected distribution strategy of providing the right content in the right channel. As a leisure airline, Canadian Jetlines recognizes the key role that travel agencies play in our success. Air France and KLM have further postponed the introduction of its GDS surcharge for business travel agencies with the fee now due to be levied from the end of Q1 2023. The fee, currently €13 per GDS book segment, already applies to leisure travel agencies and was introduced in a bid to drive NDC adoption. It was intended to be expanded to travel management companies this spring, but in April, it was postponed to the end of this month. That decision was taken after TMCs expressed concerns about the readiness of the airline's NDC program and the ability to manage reservations post-booking. Hertz and General Motors have signed a major deal for up to 175,000 electric vehicles over the next five years. The two U.S.-based companies have said that they believe that the order for the EVs are the largest expansion of EVs among fleet customers as Hertz looks to offer more environmentally friendly vehicles to corporate clients. The deal will see GM deliver a range of EVs across its Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, and Bright Drop brands. Vehicles will range from compact to midsize SUVs and pickups to luxury vehicles. 
And now in news about sustainable travel. Ryanair has signed a memo of understanding with energy firm OMV to receive 160,000 tons of sustainable aviation fuel. The agreement will see OMV provide SAF for Ryanair flights operating from airports in Austria, Germany, and Romania over a eight year period. Ryanair has pledged to use 12.5% SAF to power its flights by 2030 and reach net zero by 2050, in line with the aviation industry's commitment. American Airlines has become an investor in Zero Avia, a developer of hydroelectric aircraft engines. In addition, the companies have entered an agreement giving American the option to order up to 100 Zero Avia zero emission engines for regional aircraft. Hydroelectric engines rely on electricity created by a chemical reaction in a fuel cell to power an electric motor. Delta Airlines and DG Fuels have signed an agreement in which the low emissions fuel company plans to establish a new sustainable aviation fuel supply stream that will supply Delta with 385 million gallons of unblended SAF. Deliveries of 55 million gallons per year for seven years are expected to begin by the end of 2027. With that, thank you for joining us, and I would like to ask you to tune in again next week on Monday morning to get your weekly update. We hope you will make this a regular part of your week and listen in while you're on the move or sitting back and sipping your coffee. You can subscribe to this business travel podcast by searching Business Travel 360 on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeart, Pandora, or Spotify. Be sure to share this podcast with everyone you know so that they may also benefit from getting to know more about what's up in business travel. You can always find more information on businesstravel360.com. Have a great day and travel well.